Now you know why we're here. So if you have any doubts or reservations, now is the time to say so. No one will think any less of you. Because once you enter this family, there's no getting out. to the Jones Zone. It's Chris and Brian. We're here with Michael Baker of Vertex Capital Advisors and Alpha Star Capital Management. Michael, how are you doing? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in, man. So uh, let's get into it. You, uh, sure, let's go. Let's start a little bit with some of your personal story and then how you got into to doing all the financial stuff and then sure. tell us what all services you guys provide and what you guys do. Well, uh, <clears throat> I, you know, I've been a financial planner now for, I believe this is my seventh year. I, you know, it's one of those things where after, you know, year number three, you yeah, stop learning. You're yeah. like, all right, I've been in it three years. Uh, I think this is going to stick. And so I think I'm in my seventh year now um, as a financial planner. Um, and uh, I just, it, interestingly enough, I, I kind of fell into it. Okay. You know, I moved back to the Carolinas. I've been living out of state. Oh, you're you were you modeled a little bit, didn't you? I did. That's right. I was trying to avoid <laughs> like <laughs> I was trying to avoid that conversation, but yeah, no, we're not avoiding that. These, yeah. these good looks come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yes, uh, I, I was. I moved back to South Carolina from uh, California. I was living okay. in Los Angeles, and uh, I moved back here, and I was decided. You know, it was time to grow up, Peter Pan, and and, <laughs> and get a real a real job. Um, and so I started looking around and I got hired, uh, by an insurance company that was local and just started doing insurance, um, like prim- selling it or yeah, primarily focusing on like the health insurance market for small business owners. And I, you know, and it was okay. It wasn't anything that I was like crazy passionate about, but it, it, you know, it was interesting. It, you know, a lot of cold calling or not really i was very fortunate they that they would provide us with um some leads of some kind and okay. so it was we were able to at least reach out to people who had at some point you know expressed interest it wasn't glamorous by any means but it, you know you got out um i did a lot of networking a lot of meeting people a lot of meeting business owners uh so starting to kind of get engaged in like what the struggles are of your average business owner and health insurance uh, unfortunately has not gone away as being a problem it's probably multiplied itself as being a problem for everyone but uh in the course of doing that uh i I ran into some people that were um they were beginning a wealth management firm and they offered me opportunity if i was interested to come on board Um, i had a lot of it you know a good bit of insurance expertise and so they're like hey well you have that piece 
And if you come on and work with us, we'll train you and we'll teach you some of the other things. And so that's how I got kind of got started in, in this business is, um, you know, working with, you know, an, an older advisor and kind of learning some of the ropes. And, you know, as I grew in my knowledge and expertise, uh, I really kind of fell in love with the finance side of it. And, and I really started focusing more on that. And, and trying to hone my skills and expertise to, you know, as a financial planner. And then that's when I really decided that, okay, this is what I want to do. So what does a certified financial planner do, generally speaking? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, Explain it like I'm a 10 year old. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about financial planning is um, that there is no universal definition of what financial planning actually is. It's one of the more, more difficult things um, about our industry is because there is no uniform definition. Now, there's definitely an agreed upon process, but like what is financial planning? There is no uniform definition. Because of that, you have a lot of people that can't call themselves financial planners and that do so frequently. Um, but so a certified financial planner is, um, you know, it's, it's a designation that's been given to someone who has gone through a, a structured curriculum, has passed multiple, you know, courses, and then has also passed and or sat and passed a board exam. And so that's how you earn the, the CFP designation. And it's one of the, um, it's one of the more accredited, recognizable designations in the industry. Um, is that through the LLR or with the state and all that, or is that? No, the the certified uh, the the financial planning board of you know board of standards. They have their own board, so the CFP board has an exam. But it's a national thing, or is it, it, uh, it is yes. And, and actually, I think I, I believe, and gosh, if they hear me talking about this, they might get <laughs> mad. But I think it's actually it might be international too oh, at this okay. point. Um, but I I know that um, there's a big focus on you know the CFP. Um, being pushed as the premier financial planning designation. And um, one of the things that I would say, Brian, that's key about it is um, there's a lot of talk right now in, in our business specifically about um, something called the fiduciary standard and, and, and how you um, look out for your client's best interest. And, you know, there's been some recent regulations that have been passed that, that may stick or they may not with the new administration but the idea is that anybody that goes and works with a financial professional they somewhat do so thinking automatically that that person is required to put their interests before their yeah. own yeah. and it's not always the case um, but with us a, a CFP specifically we're automatically held to a fiduciary standard just by being a CFP so uh, you know, I've always from from day one, I've been required to be you know put my client's interests ahead of my own, and and, and try to be that you know um, fiduciary advisor to them. And so, second part of your question is, what do they actually do? And, and I think it really boils down to um, what that specific planner wants to specialize in, or if they have a niche. So, for example, there could be a CFP. Um, who specializes in working with real estate agents and real estate brokers like yourselves and like that's all they do is like we we work with real estate agents you know prepare and plan for for their financial future and run their run their own business run their own 
their own practice. And then there, you know, there could be people that like have no idea what real estate agents do on a day to day. Um, and so it, it really kind of comes down to, (laughs) it really kind of comes down to like what they specialize in and, and, and if they do have a focus, um, cause it could be very generalized, um, and, or they could be hyper-focused on one specific market. Um, Where's your office? We actually, uh, right now, um, our firm is very lucky. We've, we've got two offices. Um, we have a, an office in Charlotte, North Carolina, in the South Park area, and we have a small space that we opened this year um, in Fort Mill off of 160. Um, we're, at, we're in a business park back behind South State Bank um, uh, off of 160 here in Fort Mill. So we have two spaces that we utilize right now uh, for clients in North okay. Carolina and South Carolina. And uh, so people make an appointment with you and they come in and they... They can talk about all sorts of things, whether that's saving up for college or saving up for, I mean, can you tell us a little bit more what exactly, what all do you guys do? I mean, sure. you talked about it a little bit, but. Yes. I mean, so, I mean, we, I, my focus, uh, my core area of expertise is focusing on helping people prepare and plan for retirement. Okay. And we do have people that have um, some, some desires to prepare and plan for college, which is interesting because my, like our parents, you know, you know, the baby boomers and and their parents, you know, they're all, they're hyper-focused on retirement, you know, and and preparing for that phase of life. And so, you know, I've I've really worked on having, developing a deep expertise on that. But all of the issues that the younger generations want to know about, like, you know, college planning, you know, what do I do like once my kids are in school and I don't have to pay childcare expenses oh, anymore, yeah. you know, and, and really kind of crafting lifestyle stuff. That's all the kind of stuff that I do for myself right. on a day-to-day basis. So in a roundabout way, I'm, you know, being sharpened with that because I'm having to look at these same yeah. things for my own personal life. Right. And so uh, it's really kind of a neat, you know, um, you know, system that we've got going, and that my peers and the people that are younger, um, I'm, I'm doing the same stuff that they need to be doing, and focusing on that for me personally, and then for the the older generations or the people that are a little bit you know further down the road, you know that's more of a you know hey here's what we know needs to happen for you to have success. Okay. Um, now I know your industry is heavily regulated, so just if we, just a if, tad. If we, we ask you tiny, something, just a tiny bit. If if we ask you something and you can't really get into it, <coughs> uh, then just just say you, you know. If, well, I have, do I have a safe word? Uh, uh, safe word. Just say, <laughs> say you need your know, safe space. If any, if any listener say, wants marshmallow, more marshmallow, marshmallow, marshmallow. No, 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 no. Um, I burnt my marshmallow. <laughs> uh, next so, question. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, can you? Just kind of tell. What do you think? You mentioned the election, which made me, and it actually kind of, you kind, wrote of a blog kind of a about big, it. kind of a big deal. Actually, so who, right? who won that thing? <laughs> who won? How do you? I, feel I don't like, think they've really figured it out yet. <laughs> How um, did the election affect all this? Like in, in terms of, um, you know, I know you're, you wrote a blog about it recently, but what, what's your take on all this in, in the financial world? No, it's a great question. Um, it one that we got quite often. Uh, the last part of the year, you know, many of our clients and the people that we were interviewing to become clients, you know, they were asking, well, what do you think is going to happen? You know, and, and I think what everybody learned, hopefully, is that, um, you know, Hillary Clinton did not win. Donald Trump won the election. But had the, had the opposite been true, uh, the world did not end. 
you know um, everybody still had to get up and go to work the next day Um, the world kept turning you know no one you know we didn't have thankfully you know some standing army that was just waiting to invade or or any kind of crazy doomsday scenario markets uh, uh, pleasant surprise Um, uh, many people thought that the markets might experience some some post-election volatility especially if Trump won that was not the case. Uh, I think a lot of people were wrong about that. But, you know, that's the thing about trying to predict market movements is you have to be comfortable being wrong because, mm. um, you know, most people that try to forecast markets uh, are often more wrong a lot more than they are correct. So that was neat. Um, you know, and now, uh, you know, what's going to happen is uh, the, you know, Trump administration. He campaigned on a lot of different things. Um, the Republicans won in the Senate, and they were, you know, they retained control of the House. So this is an interesting development where you've got a Republican, whether or not he's truly Republican, <laughs> uh, but you've got a Republican president, um, and you've got uh, both houses under this control of the same party. So if they can get along, you know, it's possible that many of the things that he campaigned on may come to pass. You know, we could see uh, ACA get repealed um, and replaced. We could see um, tax reform. You know, I know that corporate tax reform was a big one for Trump. So some of these things um, very well may come to pass, which, you know, I I think personally, I'm pro-business. You know, I, I... I saw where uh, Ford is, is they were going to move to Mexico, but now they, they're investing in Michigan. Was it like a yeah, they, they said $100 million? Dollars or they, they didn't move, they're not going to move that plant to, yeah. um, you know, I mean, it's, it's neat to see, things, to see things like that. But Trump got on Twitter and got them all scared. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the bigger picture that I, I tried to stress to everyone, and, and I think I even mentioned this in the, the piece that I wrote, is that, um, you know, presidents are not kings, you know, and for whatever reason, the media in our country, I should say mainstream media in our country, continues to promote that that, uh, that part of our government. Like, authoritarian. Like, like, it, like, if this person gets in, your life is over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while the person you want to win may not win, um, we have a system, you know, while it does have flaws... You know, it, the the world isn't going to end. A lot of people, you know, they they would they were thinking that their life was just going to be you know over. And if you were on social media, it was like, oh, the sky's falling. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of a lot of people have quieted down because, you know, they re- you know it's like, okay, what's the next thing? Yeah, you life know? goes on. You yeah. know, absolutely. The cool thing about your uh, your articles and your blogs is that they're really. Uh, they're quick reads. They you know they're not like these lengthy, drawn out things, and they're pretty... so I need to make them make them longer. No, no, exactly. no, they're perfect. Is what I'm saying. It's concise, and you feel like you're. It's not like above your head. So that's a good job for an author. You can check those out on LinkedIn. Everybody, Michael H. Baker. We'll post a link or something. Yeah. So on MichaelHBaker.com, uh, I, I noticed a video, the Human Finance Project. Yep. Would you like to discuss a little bit about that? Sure, I will. Um... You know that that is a, an initiative that was um, that has been started uh, begun by TD Ameritrade, and you know one of the things um, I mean basically as a funny story as they as it would be I, I was at a conference in Boston, and they had a huge uh, 
uh, video studio right there in like the main lobby of this conference center. And so I'm there with, you know, uh, probably a couple thousand, you know, financial planners from all over the country and, and they were there and they were rolling out the launch. And so they kept wanting people to come by and tell their story about financial planning and, and everything. And, you know, I thought, you know, I do have some on-camera experience yeah. from my previous life. <laughs> yeah. Would it be cheating if I go in there? And, and anyway, so I was like, "Well, sure, why not?" And I went in, and you know, basically, what they're what they are trying to do is is really put um, a human side to the financial you know issues that people face. Uh, you know, one of the things that people, uh, many of us, uh, can be guilty of doing is compartmentalizing our life and, and so like our financial life is like oh it's it's private no one's gonna know and and it's like oh, and we and we build up this this you know area of tension and stress in our life yeah. instead of just humanizing it and like realize like most of us want the same things I mean we yeah. want we want to take care of our family we want to raise our babies you know make sure you know that the power's on, that food's on the table. You know, Definitely. we've got some money in the bank. You know, we can send them to you know the best schools we can we can afford, and, and you know, and, and provide for for them. And then hopefully at the end of the day, have a little money to enjoy, go on a date, you know, yeah. do some do some things like that. And and at the same time, you know, working towards a future that one day maybe maybe just maybe we don't have to work or as much work, you know, or we can retire and do something we really want to do. And, and I think a lot of the the why gets lost, right? Yeah. You know, and I, and I think they're trying to uh, humanize that in a lot of ways, and so they're wanting advisors to talk about their own life and their, their own, own personal story. stories, yeah. and yeah. and really kind of you know make that more uh, human. So you kind of touched on that when you were juxtaposing. Uh, your advice. That's a big word. That's an SAT <laughs> word right there. Oh, wait, slow down, man. We're talking about... Uh, Juxtaposing. When you were comparing how <laughs> the advice you're giving is hitting home with you guys, um, do you have a, like, for lack of a better term, like a success story? Have you helped yeah, what, a family get out of debt? Or, I mean, is this something uh, that you know, fits home for you, too? Gosh, there are, I mean, there are tons of... Tons of stories, tons of things with clients. Um, you know, there was a client, there was a couple that came in to us uh, a year ago. Um, in fact, you know, now I think about it, it's one of the couples I was thinking of when I was recording my video. But there, you could just, you, the tension mm -hmm. was like, I mean, you could, you could grab it out of the air. I mean, they were so stressed out about what was going to happen you know some things that happened um in their job in their job situation that was not as planned mm -hmm. and they were like oh my gosh what are we going to do and they like you know they're wanting you know they had all these different scenarios and you know, you know and, and there comes a point where you know and I, and I include myself in this too is our own the, one of the main reasons like people are like why do I need a plan I'm like because you are too emotional about your own stuff mm -hmm. And it's it's try as you may. It's like it's like your kids, right? Yeah. You know. Well, that's you're, the same thing in real estate. Sorry to yeah, cut you yeah. off, but yeah, home sellers. I mean, they're emotionally invested, and yeah. sometimes you got to break the news to them that you know it's not worth what the house isn't worth what this they think it is. This isn't a three hundred thousand dollar home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. I know you have a lot of but memories here. I don't know what the estimate says. Yeah, the market is. Says. 
Right, and so that that's exactly my point. Is right. you are you are too emotionally invested, and you need that. For one, you need an expert because unless you spent you know the last decade of your life trying to be an expert in finance, there are probably some things that you don't know exactly. that you don't know you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And then part two of that is you know you need somebody that can be level headed when you're a mess. Mm-hmm. And you know, in, in this case uh, specifically, I mean, they were just all over. And didn't know, and, and we, literally, it doesn't always happen this way. But I'm in the meeting and I'm looking through notes and I'm like, "Well, why don't we just do this and this and this, and then you guys will be fine." And I mean, it was like a bomb went off, and it was you know, and it, they were like, "Oh my gosh!" So you helped. Why? Them. And they were yeah, like, yeah. "Why? Why didn't you know?" Oh my gosh! And, and then like for that moment. You can see that they were like, oh, my, yeah, yeah. It's probably yeah. going to be okay. And, and like, you know, when they can leap, when you feel like you just see the person just relax. Yeah. Like, okay. And, you know, and, then, and and that happens, you know, probably, that's not always the case, you know, but, um, you know, probably once or twice a year we'll get, we'll get some people in that are just really concerned. And, and, um, and that's, it's mostly because life has happened. Mm-hmm. They weren't expecting something and it's happened. And, you know, and they're like, oh my gosh, we don't know what to do. And then you're like, look, it's it's not terrible. We know, we have some work to do. Yeah. But you know, it's not the end of the world. And so that's, you know, that's neat when we get to experience that. You know. It's always good helping people back on the boat when they're in the water. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It's like keeping calm. You know. Yeah. Take, take the emotions out. Let's let's look yeah. clear headed. Did you come up with that? You heard that song. I heard that song. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, no, no, like just, I can't come he up just with totally, it. <laughs> he just totally threw water like he's, yeah, he's like, throwing oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. juxtaposition. He's talking about juxtapotions and yeah, like, I say <laughs> I say something semi clever and I can't have he's any like, credit. I, had, I was like, man, I, I was I have all these quotes that I was, I was really waiting yeah. For. He's, he's got his little <laughs> quotes. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, a <laughs> butt of the wall. Oh yeah. Uh, but now you're not an accountant, though. Can you do you ta- do, you do people's taxes and stuff? I, That's separate. Right? I, I do not. Okay. No, I, I have been working very diligently on um, fine tuning my skill set with understanding taxes and okay. the tax system and how they work. Um, and we do, you know, tax is a very big part of the personal finance, personal financial planning picture. Um, what we try to do is, you know. Um, we, we put together, when we put together a plan for someone, we usually do incorporate a tax piece. Um, it could be very, very robust. Or it could be very minimal, depending on their personal situation. Uh, and then we have uh, a few different uh, tax professionals that we, that we will refer them to that do actually do the preparation work if they don't have somebody. And sometimes, you know, some people will have a tax person that they like, that they've worked with. And, you know, typically what we try to do is... Um, look for an introduction so that we can say, hey, we're going to be part of the team and, uh, you know, we want to work hand in hand with you so we can make sure this client's tax situation is as as good as it possibly can be. Good. Um, So stay in compliance with all the regulations you have to adhere to, but what can you give, any advice you can give us in general in terms of saving for retirement or saving for kids stuff or? Uh, absolutely what I can tell you what I, here's what I can tell you and I, I spent some time I spent some time thinking about this today you know obviously not knowing exactly where we would go with our conversation but you know one of the things that I found with just everybody in general is um, you have to make saving a habit and it 
it is it's incredibly difficult to do but but let's think about this okay so let, let's think about um you know in, you pick a sport right you pick an athlete you know i i was, went to the hornets game last night watching the nba players right and i'm watching these guys you know do what they do and they're getting paid millions of dollars and think about how many hours each of those athletes have spent in their lifetimes up to this point you know dribbling the basketball mm-hmm. shooting free throws running suicide sprints all the all these skills that that are required yes they have talent for sure but you know when you're tired talent fades and it's like then you see who's been working well the same is true with like personal finance and so what i encourage people to do is you know make saving a habit you know if you're making a little bit or if you're making a lot what a lot of people think they they're going to be able to do is they're going to say well right now i'm really trying to knock down this bill whatever i'm trying to get rid of this bill and in some cases it is appropriate if you've got a lot of consumer debt you Mm -hmm. need to focus on that first um but they're like well you know once the kids are out of school then i'll really dial it up yeah you know and and the thing is is you know i'll use my own personal story as an example right so we're paying a ton of money right now for childcare. i got two small children and it, it, you know, I, you see these numbers, and I'm like, wait a minute, my beautiful child- kids, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, my my childcare is more than my mortgage. You yeah, know, that's it's crazy, it's, it's crazy right? But and I'm looking at it, I'm like, and we're paying it, and I'm like, okay. But I've already started to ask myself, okay, so my daughter is going to be going into kindergarten next year, so my my bill will reduce for her. You know, and then I got another two and a half years for my two you know two and a half three three years for my son and then the same so what do I do when that money starts to tick down do I like oh I can afford the BMW now. yeah I'm going to do that no what I what I start doing is like okay now I can save more now I have more money that I can invest and so what I tell people is to try to smooth out your lifestyle that way savings always a habit because if you're 55 if you're 50 and you've been doing the minimal minimal, and I say, okay, now we gotta get you at $1,000 a month. So for you to have a chance, most people are gonna gag. Right. They're gonna be like, what, what did yeah. you say? Um, you know, and then they'll go, and then they'll go to the other planner that says, well, you'll be okay, we just need to do this. And I'm like, no, no, you know, it's like anything else. Like you can't just, we can't need, the three of us, we're, you know, yeah. none of us are gonna walk out the door and run a marathon right now. No. You know. Yeah. So, so um, you know that that's the first thing I would tell you is, is make make saving a habit. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then what about what are different types of retirement plans that that are out there? I know there's the four hundred one k and sure. all that other stuff. Roth what IRA. is some of this stuff? There are um, you know many different ways that you can save. Um, employer. Plans are typically like a 401k, a 403b, um, you know, 457 plans, things like that. These are these are plans that are typically provided by an employer for the benefit of their employees. Mm-hmm. And um, each plan is different. They're governed by a plan document, um, so you have to look at the actual plan and see what you have. But you know, most people are familiar, I would think, with a 401k. Um, very very few people have pensions anymore. Um, you know, those that do are, are lucky. Um, but uh, so uh, uh, you know in the 401k plan is essentially you know there's a plan document that governs the plan and um, the the neat thing about it probably probably my favorite thing about it I don't want to say the best thing about a 401k but my at least my favorite thing about those type of plans is that they are payroll deducted 
So what does that do? It's a habit, like you know, because yeah, you your paycheck, you can kind of set what your paycheck is going to be, you know, net when you bring it home, and your and your retirement savings has already happened. Um, but if you're self-employed, you don't necessarily have the option to have an employer 401k. So there are other options. You can use a um, an IRA or, or a SEP IRA or a Roth IRA. Um, there are some other plans out there. There's a, a simple IRA solution as well that you can use um, for small small business owners that don't want the the paperwork and compliance with the 401k. But um, you know, mo- you know, the big thing is, you know, I would say the primary differences between you know the the two types of plans. Um, there's even a Roth 401k because you mentioned Roth IRA too. But it's it's either you know how do you want to save? Do you want to save on a pre-tax basis? Or do you want to save on a tax deferred basis? And that's probably the one of the main key things for people to try to determine um, when it comes to how they want to save. So things like your 403Bs, your 401Ks, your IRAs, the dollars that go into those plans, um, they're tax deferred. So you, you fund them with pre-tax dollars. The dollars that you put in are not taxed today. Um, when you take them out down the, down the road in your retirement years, they'll be fully taxable at whatever the tax rates are at that time. The Roth versions of that, the Roth IRA, the Roth 401k, they differ because they are funded with after-tax dollars, meaning um, the dollars that go into there, you do pay tax today, but if you play by the rules and you take them out down the road for retirement, they're supposed to be tax-free. So, you know, that's based on today's laws. Yeah. <laughs> all that could change yeah, between geez. now and, and the time we get out there. Well, I appreciate you sharing all the yeah. financial stuff, man. Uh, so, yeah, you dropped some great knowledge and valuable information. I appreciate it. Uh, let's, dropping we'll, bombs. Yeah, dropping those value bombs. bombs. <laughs> We're going to come back to your website and blogs and everything, but real quick, yeah. let's talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. All right, man. What you want to know? So, you've been practicing it for how long? Uh, I think five years. Five years. Yeah, five years. Um, what's, what's, what's keeping you going? How did you get into that? How did I get into that? Um, I, well, UFC? (laughs) No, (laughs) I had, uh, I had always, I'd always wanted to do martial arts. Um, you know, and when I was in high school, uh, I was uh, a basketball player, you know, I played ball a little bit in college. And so you don't want to, you don't want to hurt, you know, How'd you hurt yourself? Uh, I was at martial arts class, and right, yeah. Yeah, so you, you don't do that. And then after college, you know, when I went into you know the modeling and acting and stuff, so it's the same thing. What happened to your face? Oh, uh, yeah. I got punched at class. So <laughs> how long are you gonna have this black eye? The movie starts in three days. Right, right. So exactly, and and so when I moved back to the Carolinas, um, I was like, finally, I can get involved with something and so I started training a little bit and then I uh, at one school and I got injured as almost like I, you would have predicted right and so I had to sit out and not do anything for probably eight months uh, it wasn't I mean it was just one of those things it was just like my body just wasn't wasn't digging what I was trying to do and so when I came back, um, I found a great school. I'd fallen in love with jujitsu, which is um, it's a derivative, you know, from uh, Japanese judo that w- that came out of Brazil. So a lot of people understand Brazilian jujitsu, and um, 
I'd really fallen in love with that art specifically. And there, there was a great school here um, in Fort Mill that had just been open for a very short time at that point. And so I had decided that that's all I wanted to do. I wasn't interested in getting punched in the face mm-hmm. and I wasn't interested in trying to punch other people. Like I just wanted to do, you know, the grappling. And, and so that's where I started training at. And um, I've just kind of stuck with it. You know, one is a... Uh, not wanting to be a quitter, mm-hmm. um, you know. It's, Chris and I would have lasted what? A week. Oh, I'm too. Yeah, and I'm, maybe a week. I would have faked an injury like the yeah, first session. Our hamstrings hurt. We can't come back. And, uh, <laughs> you're lucky we don't file a lawsuit. Yeah. You're probably here for my attorney, but if you don't, <laughs> don't bother contacting me to come back. But two is you know you develop like I've developed some just some great friendships with some of the guys yeah, that I, I trade with. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of come up together through the ranks, you know. It's like, camaraderie. Yeah, I mean, it, we're not a sports team. I mean, we're a team in a sense if we, there's a grappling competition, but, you know, a lot of these guys are like my teammates, so to yeah. speak. And, um, you know, so I, I view them as such. And ladies, too. We've got a great group of, of ladies at train, which is kind of neat to see, you know, women learning self-defense and Absolutely, things like that. yeah. Um, and then now it's, you know, it's kind of, kind of crested those like, well, just don't quit to, um, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm a purple belt. So, um, midway, um, if my instructor hears this, I'm hoping I'm what's a little next, bit past midway. What's the next level? Uh, the next belt is, uh, is brown, brown, brown uh, belt. And uh, that's one of my goals for this year is to, is to, Put in the work and, and finally earn my brown. How do you earn year. your belts? Just by is that that they don't do it by the hours that you've trained or nothing like that? Is it's based on? I will say this: every school is different. Um, at our school, um, and this is one of the most frustrating aspects of jujitsu. Is one is it's an individual journey, and if you compare yourself to somebody else's progress, you're going to be frustrated. Yeah, yeah, because they're going to get promoted and you're not right and you're going to be like wait a minute like why did they get promoted and, and you're going to kick I, I was that guy I was really like I was like that for the first probably two or three years you know I, I trained and um, you know and it's just a maturing process but so at our school the way the way that uh, Jeremy does it is you you do curriculum tests where you can you perform the techniques up and through blue belt you know so um, and how long does it take to get your blue belt? It, depending on your ability and your capacity to learn, it could take up to, you know, four years. It just, you know, some, most people can do it. I think his curriculum is designed that you can do it in, you know, almost two, one and a half to two years. But the idea is that by the time you're a blue belt, at least at our school, you've, you've learned the techniques, you know how to, you know, how they should be applied um, and then from that point on, from blue belt on, it's really his, the instructor's personal assessment of mm. your performance. And we, we've got such a big school now, so they can see, you know, they can see a blue belt train with a purple belt, train with a brown belt, train with a black belt, and see like, okay, yeah, they're still a blue belt. Or, you know, you start to come up like, that blue belt is not a blue belt anymore. And, yeah. and, it, and, and it's, it, it's really one of those things that... Um, it frustrates people because you know, like anything else, like you have a great day and you're like, oh, I'm ready. I can tap in. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then the next week, you know, you eat mat for like you oh, know every man. class you're there. And so, but that's it now. It's it's like you know trying to you know get off of me, <laughs> get off of me. I'm done. I am wet. Trying to improve and, and, and like I told you, I and told earn, you. and earn that uh, black belt. And you know, and then part B of that is 
and I've told my wife this, and she thinks I'm kind of nuts, but it, it's really become therapy for me. Yeah, oh yeah, because, I can see, I can see that. And the way I and the way I describe it is, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, and you know, being a and what I what not just being an entrepreneur, but being an entrepreneur and then doing what I do. It's like it's really hard to turn my brain off. Like yeah. it's all, yeah. I, I, always I'm the same on. way. I'm the and same. so like I go. I mean, it's really hard to think about like what your business what's going on with your business when someone's trying to choke you so yeah. you know and so you, I literally every time I'm, I'm training I, you know I have you know an hour to two hours where it's you know it's literally all, all I'm yeah. focused on is jujitsu and it's decompressing and it's you know it's great exercise yeah. uh, easy or not easiest but what's your favorite submission that, to perform uh, Kimura I'm, e- I'm equal opportunity at this point. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how long would it take you to tap Chris out? It depends on how long he. My <laughs> my pain threshold is childish. <laughs> so man, oh oh yeah. oh okay, whoa, tap, tap, tap. The, the, easy easy. I gotta, work, I gotta work tomorrow. Start but the you know I would say like you know the the creme de la creme you know for for me at least. Um, and for many, you know, jujitsu players is is a real rear naked choke because mm. and the reason why is because to to apply it, you are you know you have your opponent's back, you know what's what we call you have the back, yeah, yeah. And where you're you're most likely not in any danger of getting punched or kicked, yeah, you know, and so all they can do is defend. So you you put yourself in a position where you can take the least possible damage to yourself, and you can you can subdue or submit your opponent. And not really do a lot of damage to them because uh, you know, and we talked about like UFC. Um, so if you're familiar with, if you ever watched uh, Damian Maya, yeah. you know who's he's a Brazilian. Like he yeah. is scary good at jujitsu, but you know he he like prides himself on being able to go into combat with somebody and sum, win, submit his opponent, but not hurt them, mm-hmm. like not physically like. You know, yeah. beat their face yeah. in, as my wife would say. She's like, "Oh God, why did he watch that?" And I'm like, "Honey, like that guy trained for six months to yeah. not get punched in the face. If he's getting punched in the and face, he just got punched in the face. He's not having a good day." I was like, "Man, he's getting paid to do it." So, <laughs> so, what do you think about Ronda Rousey? Man? I was just gonna say that is she coming back. Oh man, uh, she's she's Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? Judo, judo. Yeah, she's a judoka. Um, man, you know. It's, I'll say this, you know, is uh, I've never really been a Ronda Rousey fan, like of uh, of her the athlete. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know her the person. I only know who she's portrayed herself to be. Yeah. And and unfortunately, I, I'm kind of one of those people. Like you know, all those times that you were a sore winner. Yeah. Is kind of coming back around. Um, you know, I, I think when it comes to people who have offered her, given criticism to her. I, I think you know she clearly has the athletic ability to compete, but like anything else, that that you know it's like mixed martial arts is constantly evolving, and people are hit to her game. They're yes. like, okay, I mean, if you watched her fight with, if you watched her fight with Holly Holm, okay, mm-hmm. the first time that she got beat, right? Well, Holly Holm didn't get rid of her in forty eight seconds like mm-hmm. Amanda Nunez did. Uh, it was, I think, the second or third round that yeah. that she Ronda, won. Yeah. But Ronda got Holly clinched a couple times, and but you but you could see like Holly had studied how to defend against the throws. She would keep she wouldn't let Ronda get her hips in. She would immediately like you know she wouldn't stay in the clinch. She mm-hmm. would like work get out of it, get out of it. And you know to Holly's credit, she kind of put the blueprint out there because now 
everyone knows that okay, Ronda does not you doesn't just, have to, yeah, the, stand the up boxing yep. doesn't have the boxing technique. Right. Um, I mean, you know, there was one fight that she won where she knocked the girl out, and um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head right now. But you but know, for the most part, it's the Brazilian the, girl. But yeah. but I mean, if you're just winging punches at somebody and you get lucky. Yeah. You know, but so that so will she be back? I don't know. I mean, I think that what's going to be difficult is her stock has dropped immensely oh, yeah. as a marketable star, and so for her to come back, she's probably going to have to do. She's probably going to have to fight some people. Eat crow, you know, she's going that to... are that are not eat crow. Is that I the mean, right? she could get she could get a, a top ten opponent mm-hmm. for sure, but. She, Top billing on the card, all these things that she's enjoyed she'll pretty much almost from the beginning of her career at the UFC is not going to happen. And so, whether or not she's willing to do that and put in the work, I don't know. I, I yeah. but I will tell you this I do have experience with Hollywood, and I'll tell her, I would tell her that if she wants her Hollywood career to continue, she's going to need to figure something out because you know she was. Without she was the, yeah. well, she was the baddest woman on the planet. Yeah, yeah. she's clearly not the baddest yeah. woman on the planet anymore. Yeah. And so you know now, and not to kick Walsh you... down, but she's. I mean, right now she's not the best actress either. You know? So <laughs> well, it's you know, let's face it. Most yeah. most most athletes that try to go into film aren't aren't there for their acting chops. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I never really held that against her. I mean, it, I, I'm not. I'm with you on that. Yeah, <laughs> I never really. Even her WWE stock is probably plummeted. Like I mean, that you, I bet they've lost a lot of interest. But you, like I said, think about it. You yeah. you know she. I mean, she was built in, and, and it's easy. It's easy to write in these these people that are like, whoa, that's so. Like to give you an example, I think Conor McGregor mm-hmm. is getting written in a part on Game of Thrones. He is. You he know. Is. Yeah. Well, McGregor's a savage. Like no one can do anything with him right now. So if he shows up on Game of Thrones playing a savage, everyone's like, "That's McGregor, right?" Well, this is the stupidest show you know, I've ever been on. <laughs> but, the catering sucks. You need me on this show. But you know, at the same time, like if he had just walked out there and gotten like you know someone played yeah. the bongos on his head, yeah, they'd probably like, eh, you know you've got the look, but you know you're not really a Viking anymore. So it's yeah. it's you know that's kind of the way it is. I, I think that I think that she'll probably retire. She's made a ton of money. Um, she got three million for that. Yeah, sixty five k a second. Uh, you know, so she she made she's made a ton of money, and she'll make some more. She's got you know she's got some things out there, and um, who knows? I mean, I think she could go open a open a school, and I, and I'll be honest with you, she, you know, UFC may give her a job too. So who knows? Yeah. All right, so let's uh, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, I'm having so much fun. I know, but before man. before we wrap it up, and before we get to how they can reach you, let's talk about, let's put you on the spot. Okay. What's your favorite financial movie? My favorite? Hmm. Uh, many to choose from. The one that I've seen lately, or the one that I would say um, that comes to mind, is... Uh, I don't know favorite. I try. I try not to put favorite on movies because I've seen so many and I like so many. But the movie, The Big Short. Oh, beautiful! It's Christian Bale, man. Christian Bale. Can, so many, so many great actors that, in it. That movie and is so good. They talk. You know, it's kind of a retelling um, of you know the the big financial crisis. What yeah. What started it with you know the mortgage backed securities, um, and you know. 
most people to this day couldn't articulate mm. what exactly went wrong. It was, it was just like, oh, the greedy banks. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, and that they'll spit out whatever media outlet has told them, yeah. you know, has happened. Whatever but, meme they saw on Facebook. On but, there. you know, if you start digging into that, um, I think they did a really great job of making, of kind of revealing how it went down and also, you know, just telling a story in a very entertaining way. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's, it kind of stinks that it was real life, and a lot of people got really smoked by that. But yeah. at the same time, um, great film. Yeah, that's a good it. one. What about yours, Brian? My favorite financial movie. Uh, well, I'll, okay, so I'm not gonna okay. Blank check. Blank. Check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had me be. I was gonna say little rascals. They open up a lemonade stand. Richie, Richie, Rich. <laughs> I like Boiler Room, Vin Diesel and Ben Affleck. Yeah, uh, that's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'll say that. Okay. Boiler Room. Yeah. I th- I, man, know, I'm, I know I'm what Chris a big is. short, and I like Wolf of Wall Street. I know you don't it's Wolf. so immature, but man, that's so funny. Sometimes. Wolf of Wall Street. Have you seen that one? You just like what's her name, the actress in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's the, hot, the blonde. Yeah. Is she blonde, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. She was in uh, Suicide Squad or something. What's her name? I don't know her. Har- name. No. Harley Quinn was the character. She, she told me when the last time I saw her. <laughs> last week. We had name's Margot Robbie. That's right. Like yeah, Margot yeah. Robbie. That's it. All right. All right so cool, MichaelHBaker.com. They can go. They can connect with you. Yes. Uh, if they want a consultation, they can reach out on there. Yeah, si- sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for I, his newsletter. I, I get a lot of people um, that, you know, it's like the, the stuff I published just today. I mean, they'll read it. And they're like, man, I really like that. And, you know, not everybody's ready to dive into a planning relationship at this moment. But yeah. the idea is, you know, is to put good stuff out there that they can use today. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, hopefully, um, you know, you like anything else, you know, you establish credibility with people, become a voice that they yeah. can trust. And and, really, and yeah. eventually, you know, they'll say, hey, I need to talk to that guy. Cool, man. Yeah, LinkedIn, Facebook, MichaelHBaker.com. Anything else? What's your email address? Michael at... It's uh, Michael, that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at V as in Victor, C as in Charlie, planning.com. So Michael at bcplanning.com. Sounds good. All right. So next week, we will talk to you later. <laughs> good. Well, good. Next, next week, we'll good talk transition, to you. Brian. All right, Mike. Thanks, man. We Thank appreciate you guys, it. See what man. I got to put up with. See what I gotta Maybe put I should up just stand here I'm like sorry, a mute. Brian. Well, you looked at me like you wanted me to make fun of you. Cause you, you I said, looked at you like I wanted you to make fun of me. <laughs> How dare you? You did. Don't try to you put said, this on me. All right, really next did. week we'll... Uh, you really did want me <laughs> to hey, talk to well, me. Hey, I want to get back in the boat. Put me back in put the boat. Put me back in the boat, man. Don't leave me out here. <laughs>